Hi, I'm Grisha Kramer. I'm your co-host. Welcome to Toga in the Morning. I'm your co-host, Sasha Kramer. We are here on this lovely October evening, bringing you hot, wet, steamy Toga in the Morning action in the evening. We also got our co-host Bjork in studio with us. How are you doing tonight, Bjork? Bjork is always doing very well, and she does well through every evening because she's been there for every evening through all of space and time. But this is one of the nice ones. (laughs) Before the dark times. I won't tell you about it. (laughs) Yeah, let's, uh, you know, let's keep some surprises. I don't like being spoiled, least of all my own future. Yeah, let's keep our wrists strong. (laughs) What an odd reference. All right, so we're going to start things off hot with our Thunder Qualified movie reviews. Grisha, what movie are we reviewing this week? We're reviewing um, the great film Quest for Fire, which I am like constantly referencing as like a pop culture reference and then having to explain to people because they don't know what it was. And I feel like I would have gotten away with this 10 years ago. But Quest for Fire is a 1984 film um, about cavemen. Uh, that tries to really do it French style with like nudity and like a made up caveman language and really like no talking, but lots of communication. Well, lots of grunting. And I actually, um, like uh, the, the, uh, in the opening credits and they do the thing where there's like a whole fucking credit sequence, just black and white credits before the movie starts. And I noticed that the, languages were created by anthony burgess uh, of clockwork orange fame so that's pretty cool but i didn't initially know exactly what that meant so i thought i wasn't sure how it was going to be structured so i initially thought maybe i was supposed to understand what they were saying so i was like looking on netflix like are there supposed to be subtitles or whatever um and i turned on closed captionings and they like you know they wrote out these like this made-up language that like i don't know why the fuck anyone would bother because it doesn't mean anything to anyone (laughs) Oh, so they like they have it? Do you think phonetically, like in the subtitles? Because oh yeah, yeah, it's like oh, wow. waga chica muga. <laughs> That's Which I guess saying. if you like paid attention, you could. They like it's a language, so when they see the fire, they say the same thing, and then like ata. But really, it's just like grunting and shit. Like <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I definitely know that ata is fire. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, that's definitely one of the high points. The fire. <laughs> what if he had done just like a little cute like you know send off and just had a caveman be like stick to real horror show <laughs> <laughs> yeah and this indeed was a movie made in the 80s and i'm pretty sure you can tell because one of the first scenes is a caveman played by uh, hellboy's ron perlman chucking a flaming branch at a bunch of wolf dogs and I'm pretty sure there was no, like, PETA at this time, because, like, that wolf legit gets set on fire. <laughs> like, yeah. They legit just threw a burning branch at a wolf. <laughs> and what you didn't hear, Sasha, was there's a man just off stage with um, non-wolf allergenic um, a fire extinguisher that wolves aren't allergic to. And he just sprayed him right down real quick, and then he got a treat and didn't get any diseases for the rest of his life. Yeah, okay. Well, I doubt that very much. Um, and I will, will say my first impression in the first, like, five or ten minutes was, like, A, Grisha, why are we watching this movie? And B, why did you make me watch a movie with only ugly people in it? I felt that was really unfair to me. Really? Because here's, here's, here's my takeaway from it. I, I remember Ron Perlman being in the movie, but for some reason I remember Ron Perlman being the lead caveman. And I was, like, sitting there watching the movie, and the lead caveman comes in, and I'm like, man... Like, Ron Perlman did not age well because this is a handsome young man 
Like, clearly they've done some makeup on his brow, but he's a good-looking dude. And then, like, the camera panned over, and I was like, nope, there's Ron Perlman. Never mind. Hmm. I don't know. Well, I'm here to tell you that Ron Perlman is literally the first caveman you see in the movie, so you got a bad brain. But, hey, that's not for me to decide or comment on. Yeah, it was just my memory of the movie. For some reason, I I thought Ron Perlman was the main dude. I mean, that's a fair bet since he's yeah. the only person who... Uh, of note who came out of that movie although actually i was looking up the actors and stuff online um fairly diverse cast which is pretty cool um, one of the main guys is part of rocky um but the the main lady ray don chong is uh, a yeah. one of tommy chong's daughters oh really i say one of i'm not sure if he has multiple daughters hmm. but yeah isn't, isn't that kind of a nice little like hmm, there you go she's like part chinese part tommy chong i guess <laughs> <laughs> rolled around in ashes regularly as a child <laughs> yeah well i wanted to see a picture of her because she's covered in all that like body paint and stuff i had basically no idea what she looked like even though she was pretty much naked the whole movie but just in, in like straight body paint which kind of like really threw you off body paint is strange like that your brain wants to treat it as clothes and you're like no brain they're naked they're naked <laughs> see it as nakedness Brain's like, nah, man, I'm not seeing none of that for the first time ever. Yeah, and I also will say, I felt like the first, like, during the introduction, or, like, the first maybe 5, 10, 15 minutes of it, when they get attacked by a bunch of even less evolved men, mm -hmm. a far more ape than man, it really just felt like the intro to 2001, except for a whole movie, and it is, that impression is definitely helped by the score, which I'm sure is it just seems very 2001 yeah and I'm, i guess 2001 was definitely out for a long time at that point so yeah that was 79 yeah so this was definitely post that and it does sort of fall into that trap and they are like shouting at each other but you know there's some stabbings um they run into a bear <laughs> but basically pretty quickly you know they have this discussion because they're basically what's going on is the people know how to keep a fire and like take a little ember and make that into fire but they don't know how to do the whole like swizzle stick rub your hands together make a fire it's true and they even have one guy who i have called the cave scientist whose job it is to keep the fire in this little bone satchel cage thing to, to keep the embers while they use that to make bigger fires um and during the initial attack by these other eight men he, he retreats further and further into the cave to save their fire and this guy is basically a shitbird. <laughs> um, and I, I guess I will say, because they get attacked by these people or these ape men, and they flee, and they lose their fire, but that the, the, the cave scientist still has their, you know, uber fire mm -hmm. cave thing. Yeah. Anyways, and so they escape into a marsh, and this dude is, like, walking across the marsh with their only fire, and I'm just having so much anxiety about it. Like, oh my god, you're so close to losing all of your fire. Maybe, like, hang out, find a different place to go that's not covered in water. And I guess that's a testament to the directors to be able to build that suspense for me. Yeah, and, and apparently early humans did a lot of time um, spending time in the water because animals are much slower in the water. And since we're slower than them, like, the odds are kind of better for us if they're sort of waist-deep in water. Hmm. depending on the animal but like you know yeah, the tiger is faster than you but in the water you know you're not as fast but it's it's also not as fast 
Fair enough. I, that's the thing about uh, caveman stories that I find so delightful is that animals and humans are on much more equal footing. <laughs> yeah. And so there's this titular scene where there's fire sort of goes out and uh, the cave scientist does teach the main character to blow on fire. There's where, like a scene where he sees the cave scientist like blowing on the fire and like sticking things on it. It gets bigger mm. and you see him kind of be like, ooh, <laughs> fire. Mm. You know, and like you can see his little cave brain just like pinging and just firing off. And uh, yeah, they the fire goes out and there's this scene where he like grabs three cavemen and he's like, utapa and he grabs another guy he's like and they're all they, they like give him the little like fire you know lantern that they carry around and then they, like those three guys are just sent off to go find some fire by any means necessary <laughs> yeah by any means necessary yeah and that is the quest for fire and it yeah. leads them, they get, pretty quickly, I think the first thing that happens is that they get, like, treed by a mountain lion. In a comically small tree. I'm not yeah. really sure why that tree was so goddamn small. Um, but I, I first saw it, I'm like, no way, they're all fitting in that tree. And then they're like, scamper up there. Yeah. And then they proceed to, like, eat, like, a, a nest full of eggs, and then just, like, eat every single leaf off the tree while they just wait for the lion to leave. Which is ultimately what happens. It doesn't really, like, get that climactic. Yeah, they're just sort of there for like a day and a night or so. And then one of them falls out of the tree and freaks out and they realize the lions are gone. I think they're saber-toothed tigers, actually. So I'm sure mountain lions with some prosthesis glued to them. Yeah, I mean, that's definitely what was going on with the woolly mammoths, for sure. <laughs> yeah, I was actually wondering that while watching it. And then I was like, oh, no, this is clearly an elephant that they've just glued a bunch of fucking hair to. Because 80s, who gives a shit about animals? Yeah, this was this was back in the day. It was a French movie. People were naked. You know, there's some there's some caveman sex. It, there's no foreplay. Oh yeah, I, that, was, that just initially confused me. Like one of the open in the opening scene, there's a like three lady cave ladies like get getting water. water out of the stream, and one of them just like this guy just walks up and starts fucking one of them, and the other two like don't bat an eye, and the one who's getting fucked also doesn't seem to bat an eye. She, she kind of keeps takes getting it in water. Stride. Yeah, she's just like all right. <laughs> This, this is happening. <laughs> um, yep, cave times. Yeah. You know, so they escape the saber-toothed tigers, and then they're just, like, walking along, and they happen upon, I think, basically a campfire. They see a campfire in the distance, and they sort of stalk it for a couple nights. Like, they find the embers, and there's some... They find a human skull in the fire, and one of them is eating meat, and then they see the skull, and he's like, throws it away, because like, hmm. This caveman, don't do that. You don't roll that way. Doesn't eat other people. Yeah, which that was a that was a nice distinction. It's like we're uncivilized, you know. The lady bends over the river. We're going for it, but we're not just gonna you know eat other people. You know? Yeah, not like these other cave people, red-haired bastards. Yeah, and then I think you're introduced to like a caveman tribe full of full of gingers, and. And then there are two, like, victims who are from a, a body-painting sort of advanced tribe, one of whom just, like, has one arm, and then, like, the other one who is uh, Tommy Chong's daughter. Yeah, and the thing I don't... They're, like, tied to a tree. I didn't really think about this at the time, but, like, what the fuck are they tied to a tree with? Like, not rope. These people, like, can sharpen... Like, they don't even have, like... It seems like they've barely invented hand axes. I'm not sure they have, but, like... I don't know. Are they really like braiding straw into rope? 
I believe ropes and baskets actually came about pretty early because it's not that. Well, these motherfuckers ain't got no baskets, man. I don't know. I'm skeptical, but let's move past it. Yeah. Oh, and then I have a. Sorry. I yeah. Well, I'm usually drunk when I a watch these movies, b do this podcast, c most of the other times as well. Um, and they get in a fight, and one of the ginger cave people like bites the head dude on on his dick like right away. Oh yeah, he he goes right for that, which is apparently like a chimpanzee move, so it made sense Is in it? a way. Yeah, oh. like chimpanzees will go straight for like biting your nuts off. That's one of the reasons God. they're so dangerous. Well, remind me never to fight a chimpanzee. Fuck that. Well, also they would apparently like it was a it was a common thing in the navy to like keep a chimpanzee around and everyone like box each other and they'd have the top guy fight the chimpanzee and basically like the chimpanzee is just gonna kick your ass like there's just no buts about it they're just three times as strong as a man oh my god dude have you ever seen a shaved chimpanzee no are they like oh my god they're so fucking ripped dude it's insane (laughs) you see it you're like oh yeah i want nothing to do with that it's a bit frightening i can see can go google it right now be frightened yeah but the dude he he overcomes he, he grabs a big old rock or something and he smashes that dude right in the head he's got a really good sort of club mall thing going on and yeah <laughs> yeah well the thing is the other guy takes a swing at him and gets his like club stuck in a rock or something yeah like real clumsy shit and then gets his yeah shit destroyed and i believe they steal some fire from them they steal fire and they manage to free um, both of the captives, one of whom just just gives up and lays down. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So they steal the fire and then they go run away and make their own fire, um, which, you know, works. But then the next day, the, the other tribe comes back and it's like, hey, you've got our fire. We can see you because, A, smoke and fire. Like, it's pretty fucking obvious. It is problematic. I feel like they don't quite have a showdown right away with the other tribe but like i feel like the other tribe is definitely chasing them for a little bit uh not too long um and then they show up and that that's where they get rescued by the mammoths oh yeah that was a beautiful scene powerful yeah they, they they they're surrounded by these evil gingers and then they realize the gingers are scared of these mammoths that pop up and the lead cave person feeds a mammoth grass and then he like grab the some grass totally on their side <laughs> yeah and the mammoths are also in a field full of grass ostensibly just eating grass but the the they're just touched by the gesture of him like offering some to them and and i guess just his courage of walking up to them they're just like oh he's confident man like we respect that yeah you mammoths know? are like ladies they're, they're impressed by confidence yeah so he just rolls up there with some grass he's like i see you guys eating grass but i brought some from over there maybe it's tastier i don't know you want to help me kick these gingers butts and they're like sure yeah and listeners it works the reverse way if you're ever chased by a pack of gingers in your life go up to a lady and mime eating grass and then try and feed her some grass they they really like that they appreciate the confidence yeah and hopefully they can protect you from the gingers because the the mammoths proceed to be basically allied with them. Yeah, and then, that was a bit weird. <laughs> a little bit deus ex machina. But... Yeah, and then the mammoths just chase the gingers off, and uh, the ginger cannibals are pretty much done for for the rest of the film. Yeah, I don't think we, we see hide nor hair of them, which is good because they're real ugly. Even uglier than most people in this movie. Yeah. And then it moves on to them uh, returning with... Um, I will know, say, the... what, right quick before we do that, 
uh, I got a lot of anxiety watching this movie because I was constantly in terror that their fire was going to go out. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, sure, they've got the little, like, bone cage with their main, their, like, fire source, and then they like, make these, like, campfires and stuff. But then they just, like, fall asleep, and it's like, look, I know the coals are probably going to be warm and shit, but, like, I was constantly like, oh my god, you're going to wake up and your fire's going to be out, and it's going to be all for naught, but that never actually happens, so... Yeah, I mean, that's the anxiety. It's only since the Industrial Revolution, Sasha, that people actually slept for eight hours a night. So, you know, they'd wake up four hours in, spend an hour building the fire, and go back to sleep. Hmm. I've heard that. I don't know whether to believe that or not, but... I will believe it right away. I don't know. I read a... uh, Just to diverge quickly. When I was watching this movie, it made me think a lot about this book I read called Shaman, Mm -hmm. which is about uh, cave people, and specifically one of their shamans. Ooh. set whenever which cool. is not really interesting it's not a very good book except in that like hey fun reading about caveman times yeah but one of the things is that like there's a lot of laying around in a cave person's day especially when they have some meat they just like lay around and eat meat all day and then like that's all they do eat a bunch of meat sit around digest it eat a bunch of meat sit around and digest it and so cavemen invented the 4th <clears throat> of July is what you're telling me that is exactly what I'm telling you. Yeah. America then, was actually invented 80,000 years ago. And they embedded that holiday in the stars, and Americans can still fear, feel it today. That's 100% correct. Yeah, so you're, like, really, really worried about their fire because it's going to go out. And as they're sort of carrying it back to their tribe, along with uh, Tommy Chong's daughter, um, there's a scene where she just kind of, like, is like guys we got to go this way you got to go this way and and no one understands her she seems to have a more complex language than anyone but i'm I'm sure what she's saying is like guys i can show you how to make fire um just out of two sticks you just need some know-how follow me this way and then you can like you could bring that if you want it's cute and all and then you can go back to your tribe and you guys will know and they're all just like they don't know what she's saying so her and they're they're really dumb yeah, and her and the main character sort of develop, like, a romantic relationship. Yeah, maybe let's clarify that romant, quote-unquote romantic relationship in which one of the less... Uh, so there's, like, three main cave people and then this lady who they, they rescue. And Ron Perlman tries to fuck her the first night. And she's like, uh-uh. And then the main cave person fucks her and she's like, okay. Yeah. And then they're in a romantic relationship. Yeah, and there's a scene where the other two cavemen are kind of, like, watching and listening, and they're just, like, it's, like, raining, and they're, like, under a cave. Like, one character leans over and touches the other one's foot, and he's like, (laughs) That's true. That totally happens. And then you watch him do missionary position, and the guy's like, I don't understand this, but okay. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, she totally teaches him about missionary position. You can see him be like, oh. One of the many advancements that tribe has made. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Which they actually, like, touch on again later, actually. Do they? Oh, yeah, they do. So, um, and, and we're getting to that part. So she she runs off, and then, like, the three guys continue on their way, and there's this sort of, like, special scene where, like, main caveman is standing there with a the fire thing, like, and he's just crossed a river, and he's, like, looking at his friends, and they're like, rah, rah, come on. And he looks back because, like, he, he had, he, he's gotten all sweet on this lady. And her cave, you know, and her like covering herself with ash and like stripes cave and stuff. Booty. Yeah. And then he crosses the river and he goes back to where they slept. 
and just starts like laying there and smelling the straw where she was sleeping yep which was pretty I mean, romantic I've, I've pulled that move before yeah and also before this we should touch on the fact that like there's a point where something falls on someone's head while they're all hanging out and like the the more the more advanced lady with the with all the cave paint just starts laughing and they all just kind of look at her like the hell is that crazy ass noise <laughs> but she's just cracking up she loves it she's just like you know she's just watching ouch my balls and <laughs> and she's just loving it it's like ouch my head but like she's right there she's in the moment digging it and they're just they're humanity has not evolved far enough where they can enjoy out my boss which is pretty sad well by the end of the movie they do they yeah discover laughter even the yeah. guy who gets brain so hard he starts bleeding out of his scalp thinks it's kind of funny <laughs> yeah he's a little concussed there he's like <laughs> I, I get it now i think he's just trying to fit in yeah he's definitely just trying to fit in everyone's laughing and he's like ha 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 oh god i'm bleeding all the fuck over yeah so then going back to it um main caveman dude brings his fire and starts just pursuing his lady love in the direction she went and pretty quickly um finds her tribe and then gets trapped in quicksand oh yeah (laughs) which is like what i was saying so their tribe's hanging on the march but the more advanced tribe has figured out how to hang out through a quicksand maze that they probably know how to navigate like much Mm. like the lego maze you would have in your house as a child that your parents couldn't navigate they know just like three steps this way four steps this way blah 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 they get through it but anyone else coming in including large animals it's just like golden sun man yeah stuck in the quicksand it was a lot like golden sun wow glad you brought it there (laughs) deep cuts um anyways i was it's funny how impressed i was by this tribe's technology like ooh, a hut my god clay pots (laughs) or gourds or whatever like gods among men (laughs) yeah pots gourds lots of laughing at the cavemen yeah and and like uh spears with flint arrowheads you know or you know not just sharpened sticks yeah they got the the spear chuckers like that's a that's legit that's legit like i don't know in civilization where you like upgrade your people like you you can shoot further now yeah the spear throwers well i chose the less pc term i mean i don't know if that's not pc if i'm talking about the device right Huh? yeah hopefully <laughs> listeners let us know tweet us yeah. at toga in the morning if we're being totally racist i definitely did watch a video um a, a documentary and this old french man was just like and this is how a spear thrower works and he threw it and i was just like oh you french bastard give that to an american so we can watch someone really throw the damn spear it was just it was just sad i mean he was old too but just yeah didn't didn't know how to snap that elbow and really get the extra distance but the spear throwers definitely play a part later in the film but there's yeah. also the titular scene where i was telling that i was telling you about where like they just they're like okay a male specimen that is from outside our tribe time to get as much of his genetic material as possible so they like feed him a ton of food and then they bring in what is sort of clearly their sort of breeding class of women yeah big fat ladies with big old titties yeah and the lady lays down on her back naked and it's just like hey and he's like i don't get it and then like after a while she's like all right and then she like turns over on her stomach and you can see that they're all kind of laughing like ha 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 and he's like oh now i get it i see what's going on here 
and proceeds to dispense his genetic material. But that would be very accurate because tribes would have to do things like that to make sure that they didn't get all inbred if they wanted to keep on like making fire and having laughter and whatnot. Yeah, you know, that's actually really intelligent because my whole thought process was, A, how did those ginger retards manage to, oh God, uh, capture these people if they're so much more advanced? Yeah. <laughs> um, and I was thinking that they were maybe Neanderthals who were just a lot stronger than them and managed to overpower a couple. But then I, and so I thought that they just recognized him as a, like, a brute. And they're like, ooh, you're real strong. Like, we need your juice. I was always assuming that it was just that they knew, you know, I mean. Yeah, I think you're probably right. Yeah. (laughs) They had figured out that whole thing about just like, man, we just can't all just keep having sex with each other. It really doesn't work out. Look at, look at little Timmy. He's, he ran straight into the quicksand again. And it's cave time, so we're just going to leave him there. That's interesting. I wonder, like, how many generations you would need before like, that starts becoming, like, apparent. Well, apparently it seemed like, or at least according to the cartoon history of the universe, that was one of the first rules people sort of figured out. Hmm. Um, I don't know how this guy knew that, but... I don't know. Apparently the movie is, I was as you know, as per Wikipedia, fairly accurate. I mean, it's technically set 80,000 years ago, and they say mm-hmm. it's, like, that's not quite accurate, but had it been set, like, if they had known what they what we know now, they, it would have been set, like, 150,000 years ago. But, like, if you do that, then it all kind of plays out, right? Like, it all kind of makes sense or works. Yeah. And then it sort of gets to, like, the, the uh, sort of best scene in the film, really, which is where, uh, like, they show him how to make fire. Like, they just sort of bring, like, the main character in a room, and you watch someone make fire, and, like, they just show his face just, like, comprehending the fact that the fire comes out of the wood, and he's he's just freaking out. Like, well, like, comprehend might be a strong word. Yeah. <laughs> he sees it happen. I don't think he fully understands how it works. <laughs> yeah, but he's trying to wrap his brain around it, and you can see it just, like the fire can you can just make the fire like we don't have to find this anymore like and i think part of what what's going on in his face is the implications for his people you know it's Mm. like this like my life just got so much better now that i've seen this happen yeah i mean like because with fire you get so many benefits you can cook your meat which makes it easier to digest i mean you have warmth which means you don't get cold you can throw flaming logs at dogs and it's totally sweet um but then like if that's gone then you lose like basically your only technology and you're right back in the stone age you know yeah and then his friends show up also run straight into the quicksand (laughs) (laughs) and it's funny because they do a long shot of him like falling into the quicksand and like slowly getting in there and kind of make a whole thing of it and then like it shows his friends show up and like the next shot is them just neck deep like (laughs) while like the children are like throwing rocks at them (laughs) yeah yeah super funny yeah and they're just like and then like he they get dug out and then like they they get stuck in the middle of the tribe which is all laughing at them including their like friend who's now like painted up because like he's cool now like he's forgotten about them and he's just laughing at them too so so they just kind of like wake up in the middle of the night like collect the tribe the entire tribe's weapons like knock one old dude out and then just like wake him up and he's like i don't want to go and they're like fuck you and they knock him out and then bring him with them <laughs> yeah i feel like they knock a lot of people out like, yeah. like hey what are you doing they're just like 
clonk, stealth, <laughs> stealth kill. <laughs> they do have a couple like pretty yeah solid. And they do kills. steal a bunch of spears, which is like you know pretty clever thinking. They clearly recognize that these are a lot better than what we have. Yeah, like this shit. And the spear throwers as well. They steal those. Yep. And they, they sure do. Make their way across the the plains, and basically the next thing that happens is like the lady love interest rejoins them. And to guide um, them across the quicksand, too. Because the first thing they do is rock straight to that goddamn quicksand again. That's right, yeah, and she shows up. And she's she knows, like, she just knows well, like, the way through She it. wants to go with them because she wasn't allowed to breed because she's not a fat lady. Oh, yeah, yeah, there was that scene where she, like, gets in line. You can see there's, like, like that scene where he's making love to the, the large sort of, you know, breeding member of the tribe, which I, I imagine is a very revered member of the tribe because all the women look like that sort of original statue that humans ever made. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, Wide hips and big boobs. Yeah, the, the first caveman's, like, wank statue, he was like, I have figured out how to carve something, and it is the most useful thing I could possibly make. Um, so there's that, and she, like, gets in line. You can see one of her just, like, kind of shove him away. It's like, get out of here, you skinny lady. You're not making any babies. <laughs> you are not good for anything. <laughs> yeah. And then, so she runs off with them. And they get accosted by the cannibals. There's sort of a, like a fight scene, but then it no, ends... it's not the cannibals. It's um, it's actually three people from their original tribe. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, the, actually, I, I didn't mention this, but when they first, right after they originally lose their fire and get sent on the quest, like the the, the head guy takes the the alpha male takes the the bone cage to hold their fire, and then this other like guy who's trying to challenge him like takes the cage, and he's like, no, I'm gonna do it in caveman speak and then the elder is like no fuck you like he takes the cage and gives it back to the alpha like he's doing this shit mm. so it's like this guy and his cronies who come looking for them and then they're trying to steal the fire so that he can be the alpha that's a smooth move i didn't catch on to that i just thought they were like lame like cannibals that we hadn't seen yet no no they're from their original tribe but that means they only have the sharpened stakes and not the actual spears with spear throwers Yep, and there's kind of a scene where, like, you know, the guys are throwing spears at them, and they're just falling ten feet away, and they're like, get out their spear throwers, and they're like, ha ha, these go further. <laughs> Pin cushion them. <laughs> yeah, and they just kind of proceed to use their newly advanced technology to really win that battle. Uh, Actually, uh, that, that reminds me of one of my favorite parts of the movie, and it happens a couple times when they're sort of, when they meet other cave people or other tribes, and they're sort of doing their, like, intimidate dance and one of the things they'll do is just mime stabbing like i'm gonna do this to you like, oh look at me. yeah there's a lot of that like <laughs> and they're just like yeah do you see this stabby, stabby. <laughs> this is what you're getting <laughs> oh what i would pay for a cut of quest for fire with that dumped over it <laughs> what do you mean that's what we're gonna that's what we're gonna do as soon as we're done here <laughs> yeah all right sure let me practice my stabbing ha 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 Back. Uh, yeah, I think we should make a promise to all our Toga in the Morning listeners to redub all of the movies we review the way we think they should be done. That sounds like a great idea. Nothing could go wrong. Anyways, yeah, then they pincushion that motherfucker and keep their fire. Yeah, and then there's... Uh, apparently you didn't check out the last 14 minutes of the movie. Oh, no, it's... I watched it, uh, you know, earlier today. 
Yeah, so your fear of some douchebag just spilling the fire in the water becomes yeah, realized. Yeah. They bring the fire back, and the first thing this motherfucker does is walk straight into a lake with it. Like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Because everyone's just stoked. They're all, like, <laughs> skipping around and grabbing it, and they're like, Ata! Ata! And they're just, like, jumping around, and he's, like, the most stoked, and he grabs it, and he's like, Ata! Ata! And then he, like, falls in the water, and it goes out, and he stands up, and he's like, Ata! Ata! And then he, like, looks over slowly, and then he's like, oh, no. And you know that motherfucker would be dead in a second. <laughs> like, Yeah, you can sort of see on his face he's, like, doing a sort of slow burn of just, like, and I'm getting kicked out of my tribe right now. It just happened. I'm not welcome back. I'm not getting to see any of this Ata that I just got rid of. They should really have two bone cages. Yeah. <laughs> in case one breaks down. Oh, man. See, See, that's, why, that's our... why we should be the cave people. <laughs> exactly. Our tribe would be doing so well. Oh my god, I'd be so dead. <laughs> Forging little bits of metal. Um, I don't know. I feel like I at least have I have a vague idea of how iron working, you know, how you first get iron. So I feel like that's a pretty solid step up, you know? Mm-hmm. I don't really know which rocks are the best to chip into axes. But once you do that, you can start cutting stuff. Um guess you kind of have to make a furnace but if you can find some clay that should be fine but then you just need to burn a fuck ton of trees and eventually you'll have some iron no you or have to make charcoal have... for that isn't that just burning trees though no for charcoal you have to like burn it and bury it in this crazy ass way all right i would be a fucked caveman my be uh-huh. <laughs> well uh maybe if we had peat you can burn that for iron Mm, I think that might just be a fancy word for like really good coal. No, 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 peat. Oh, is what? It's it like, like moss. Yeah, it's from like a marsh. That's what the Vikings used, and it actually gives you lower quality iron, but it'll do it. Okay, so basically, yeah, we wouldn't do too well in the cave world. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Let me show you how to make iron, guys. Wait, it'll work. Trust me. Just, just a little bit longer. <laughs> Are you sure you have to bury it for charcoal? Um, yeah, they do this whole thing where you, like, make a mound and, like, you sort of sort of regulate the heat. So, like, you bury a bunch of wood and then you set it on fire and there's a bunch of, like, holes in it. And you sort of, like, pack over them and kind of regulate the heat because you need it to burn for a long time. Hmm. I'm Googling it. Yeah, I've seen two different videos of people doing it, including, like, the titular sort of dude that does all the cave technology. Um... This isn't helpful. This is about making steel. Yeah. Basically, he puts wood in a pile and he puts mud over it and then builds little chimneys on all sides of it. And then you burn um, all the stuff underneath the mud. And apparently that makes it like burn at a super high temperature and become charcoal. Hmm. Which then will burn at a higher temperature again when you burn it. And like at the end of the scene, basically... My favorite part of the movie is like their fire goes out and then like the main character stands up because he's someone he's seen someone make fire and he gives this whole speech where he's like Ata me topa and I'm like I just imagine him saying like the fire is in the wood. It's in this wood and this wood. We just need to bring them together in the right way. The fire is in the wood. Where is the fire? In the wood. And then he like proceeds to sit down and like try to make the fire and he totally screws up 
and then his like lady friend like is like get out of my way and then she's like <laughs> I think my actual favorite part is that he's like doing it and he's like like doing the thing between his hands and twisting the things and then somewhere he's just like it's not working and he kind of like wipes his brow like shit this is hard work yeah <laughs> and it's like he's like get 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 out of here <laughs> yeah she pushes them aside and then she spits on her hands which is the one thing he forgot to do because the one dude does it and she like goes to town and then she builds a little fire and then well you see some smoke and then the next shot is a giant fire yeah Movie and magic, they guys yeah they're, they're clearly all just so stoked and you can see one guy like kind of off to the side like trying to make his own fire he's like hmm nothing yet hmm I mean I don't know I feel like the way they portray that is like have you ever tried to make I guess I'm kind of curious I would it would be really cool like it would be a real notch on my man belt if you could just make fire from available materials you know mm-hmm because I was pretty stoked with myself when I was able to build a campfire. Like, you know, set it up, like, do, do all your, like, architect, fire architecture, and then light it once and then, like, wait for it to just, like, turn into a full fire without, like, feeding it constantly or blowing on it. Like, being able to do that was a, like, I was really impressed with myself. And I feel like doing that without the, like, lighter bit would just be, like, game over, man. I win manhood. Yeah. Well, I think what you do is you get, like, a small fire, and then you're so good at, like, building fires that you, like, build the whole, like, architecture on top of it, like, really quickly. Yeah, well, I mean, you just, like, do the, like, spinny thing and then, like, light a bit of, like, little whatever and then use that to light the bonfire. Um, There's a lot of descriptions of making fire in that Shaman book I read. And, like, he will, like, like, the the beginning of that book is his manhood ritual where he gets sent out naked Mm -hmm. and then he has to, like, survive for, like, a couple days and come back. And one of the, like, eventually he, like, makes his own fire, and then he, like, makes a little satchel for it and, like, keeps, like, embers and stuff so that he can always make fire. Nice. Does he have a, does he have a hand axe? Um, yeah, one of the first, like, it rains the first night, so he can't really do much, but then, like, the next day he makes clothes out of bark and is, like, really impressed with himself. I was like, that's fucking stupid. But then I was like, you know what? That probably actually does do something. Keeps probably a little bit of heat in. Yeah. A little scratchy. <laughs> Sorry, I just looked at my notes, and one of my last notes is, I guess the fire was inside them the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> That's the message in the movie, guys. That's the true message here. Fire's inside you the whole time, as long as you don't eat other people. Um, my God. We've already been recording for 40 minutes. <laughs> yeah. Here we get really into question <laughs> fire. Well, we don't so much <laughs> review the movie as we do explain it to you. <laughs> And that's Just what you have to do with Quest for Fire, because no one's fucking seen it, even though everyone's seen it parodied. That is a good point. Like, you've seen this movie parodied before, but you just don't know it. Yeah. You know? Like, Citizen Kane. Like, you could almost see all of Citizen Kane by just watching pop culture. I mean, that's like, when I watched The Graduate, <laughs> I was like, mm-hmm. oh, this movie. I get it now. <laughs> yeah. Good times at the High. They came up with the dude running into the wedding and being like, no, I object. But then they actually did the aftermath, which no other movie has touched. I can't remember how that turned out, but I think not well. They just like run onto a, they like running away and they like run onto a school bus and they're like, drive, drive, drive. And then the camera just slowly pans out while like the sound of silence plays and they both just are like, oh shit, what now? A lot of Simon and Garfunkel in that movie. Well, you know, Paul Simon was doing the soundtrack. 
That was uh, the reason that um, Mrs. Robinson is called that because that song is actually about Joe DiMaggio. If you listen to it, it's all about like youth and baseball. But apparently, like Paul Simon was playing it on set because he was writing it, and the director was like, "Let's have that. Let's have that in the in the movie. Make it Mrs. Robinson." And he, he was like, "I don't want to." And he's like, "Well, you go, we got you on contract right here, bitch. So do it." And if you listen to that song, at one point he says, he actually just says Joe DiMaggio instead of Mrs. Robinson. Yeah, maybe maybe that's for the best, though. Yeah, maybe it wouldn't have been as, like, timeless. You know what's really funny, Grisha? I went to a karaoke thing uh, the mm-hmm. other night, and it's theme, so if you, like, sing a thong, if you sing a thong from the theme, <laughs> mm-hmm. you get a free drink ticket. And Ooh. the theme was Simon and or Garfunkel. So you could sing Paul Simon, Art Garfunkel, or Simon and Garfunkel. And there was one of the guys I was hanging out with was curly hair. He's like, have you ever been called Garfunkel? And I was like, yep, bye-bye, brother, all the time. <laughs> <laughs> and you're literally the only person who's ever called me Garfunkel. <laughs> but you've done it a bunch. I mean, it just cuts deep real fast. It's perfect. I guess. <laughs> Poor Art Garfunkel. No one knows his solo work. I mean, because they were really good together, and then he leaves, and Paul Simon just gets, like, better. <laughs> like, that's got to be sad. You think? I mean, I'm not really that familiar with Paul Simon's solo work. Oh, dude, it is the best. He has that whole album where he's, like, got that African choir that he, like, dug up, and he was, like, the first dude to do that. That has some good stuff. Um, I don't know, but all that has reminded me is the song uh, Africa by Toto. Mm-hmm. which has the legit best music video of all time what's going on in that music video it's been a while i don't know they're like randomly in a library and then like there's just a bunch of random like super generic african imagery <laughs> like they think africa is just like this one homogenous thing i don't know it entertains me look it up yeah it's pretty bad oh man so I should mention that we're actually brought to you this week by our um, regular sponsor, Johnson's Gas Station Boner Pills. And, you know, you might ask, uh, what fantasy world are they tackling this week? Lord of the Rings. So go ahead, head out there, get your Lord of the Rings edition, and get your heart on with Sauron. You have one boner to rule them all. You take two of them with 11 C's, and then get ready to experience the Fellowship of the Schwing. Warning, um, um, when you put them, you know, use it, you will turn nine other people's boners into uh, ghost boners that will seek yours without mercy or rest. Hmm. That's not really that helpful. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and by nine other people, are those like the nine nearest people to you? No, they're spread out across the land. Um, it's, it, it's based on their lineages. Oh, fascinating. And do ladies also get these ghost boners, or is it just men? No, it's just men. And then they get flown around by them. So basically, it's 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 sort of guiding them, and they're, they're, they're sort of in skydiving position, just it's just dragging them across <laughs> whatever they're doing. And it, they're, they're coming for you, but, you know, you've still got time. And if you take and two more at 11 Cs, maybe you'll get away. And you can always tell when they're coming, because it'll do a sort of Hitchcock dolly zoom. Whoosh! And if you don't know what that is, look it up. Look it up. Trivia. It's very cool. It's very cool. Did he actually invent that? I had 
that's what I've been told is that he invented it. And that's like ago. a, it's like super easy to do, but like it's a super cool effect. Yeah. And Although I will say in Vertigo, it's like not that well done, <laughs> to be fair. But that was the first time, you know? It's true. He uses it a bunch, but it's like, it's so quick that it's it's not quite as good an effect. Like it's a little bit better when it's slower. Okay. But you know, someone else had to figure that out. Yep. Someone was like Zack Snyder at that time. It's like, let's see that again in slow motion. <laughs> How do you want to shoot Batman's parents' death? Slow motion. What about the pearls falling? Real slow. What the fuck is up with DC, man? <laughs> um, Zack Snyder likes it real slow. I just feel like... Ugh, there's just so many poor decisions going on there all the time. Like, say what you will okay so say what you will about all of that and here's where batman versus superman was better than the christopher nolan movies okay i am i'm waiting <laughs> you're waiting okay um do you remember the scenes in um batman begins where batman punches people no because you basically don't even see it like there's like jump That's cuts fair. of like elbows getting grabbed and there's jump cuts of this and basically, there's barely any in the second movie, which is still great. And in the third movie, they finally uh, give you, like, Batman, like, jumping around and punching some people in the face. No, I'm going to disagree with you there. Um, you're you're 100% correct about Batman Begins. If you watch yeah. it, the fight scenes are, like, totally fucked. Like, they're almost not there. They're, like, I don't, like Christopher Nolan clearly had no idea how to shoot a fight scene. It was just, like, just close-ups of fists or some shit. Yeah, but, he did not but, hire But the Dark Knight legit has, has a bunch of fight scenes. Like, uh, a bunch of batman punching people okay so dark knight sort of brings it back but it's not like it's not executed well compared to like if you gave the chi you know a chinese studio this movie the parts where batman beat a henchman would be much much better I'm, I'm again like the dark knight totally fine yeah i'm not gonna i'm not gonna budge on that yeah so the third one um has a has actually that has the best ones the nolans do but they're still not like kung fu quality and whatever you have to say about you know, Batman versus Superman. That scene where Batman just like jacked that entire floor of people was, you know, felt like Batman jumping around, smacking down a whole room full of people. You know, he first deceives them and blows up the ground, and then he's above them, and then he's behind them, and then he's he hits one with a batarang. And I remember because I was like, my brain was like, batarang. Yeah, I feel like they probably took cues from. Arkham Asylum for that. Uh, I, I know my, my main problem with the DC movies is that like their villains are so shitty and they're just like these weird like in Suicide Squad like we hear all this stuff about the cut of the movie and they let the, the, the trailer company make the cut of the movie but like the problem is the villains are just like shitty and no one cares and they're just like these weird magic people that like what what the fuck man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah yeah it didn't make as much sense in Suicide Squad because the villain didn't really need to be like magical for it to nope. be a threat. Like, it made sense for Superman, you know, because if you got something that's going to be, like, challenging Superman and Batman and, you know, Wonder Woman, even though she's just showing up, it's got to be pretty difficult to deal with if sure. it's troubling for Superman plus other people. But, but, like, one of the main people in Suicide Squad has a baseball bat, like... Yep, or, like, Captain Boomerang. <laughs> or, <laughs> yeah. or, or Slipknot, the man yeah. who can climb anything. Oh, my God. I mean, to be fair to them, they did kill that character off almost instantly, but... Yeah. <laughs> it's legit the lamest character ever. 
And like not even climb, just like rappel up. Yeah, but that's how they sell him. <laughs> it's like <laughs> what a stupid tagline. Maybe it was supposed to be a joke. Who that who who can tell? I think that was why they blew him up right away. It was kind of he was supposed to be the sort of red shirt in like that first Star Trek movie where they were just like, here's the red shirt reference and the guy's like, I'm going in closer and it's like it looks a little close for you, bro, and he's like, I got this and he smashes into it. What a chump. Yeah. What a chump. So now we can move on to our next segment. Uh who the fuck is Snoke? Oh yeah. Fan theory time. Let's do this jank. So this yeah. is Star Wars, The Force Awakens. You'll have known it from when you saw it, probably. Yeah, we hope. So and of course the first and most obvious theory is like I just I just have this really weird memory of this dude like at the New Year's party I was at last year it was like Oh man, I don't want to ruin it for you, but I read an article and Snoke is Plagius. And I was like, do you not know how Star Wars theory articles work? <laughs> like, you're not ruining anything for me. Some nerd wrote this down and like, just because it made some connections does not mean it's true. You've not ruined a thing for me. <clears throat> you know, you say that and I was initially going to laugh, but now I'm just concerned for that person. <laughs> yeah, because he probably believes everything else he reads on his like Facebook feed. <laughs> check out this one weird trick <laughs> yeah well he's lucky they got rid of the weekly world news otherwise his world would be like shattered every day he'd be like dude this fucking first of all the bat boy thing is disturbing enough why is there a bat boy musical you know he would be like telling you that he'd be like man i don't know if you've heard like i know hamilton's like good and all but i've heard there's a bat boy musical and this needs to stop also i heard a mummy goose somebody um, experts said in the article that a mummy goosing someone is very rare but yeah I mean there's sometimes you meet people and you're like how did you make it this far in life <laughs> like how, did, how have you not just like you know accidentally suffocated in a paper bag like a small child you know and that's that's why I'm a proponent of taking those uh, things on the side of the roads that wake you up when you fall asleep in your car just taking them out because that guy wouldn't be around to bother me with his misunderstanding of what a theory is. Those things that wake you up, you know, you're driving down the highway and you... Yeah, but I'd, I'd probably be dead for him. <laughs> yeah, maybe. That is okay, some maybe... good engineering, though. I don't know if they have those in other countries. I'm going to assume not, because America's the best. No, that's that's a really great invention. Whoever invented that, like... Because that should have wake you up. Yeah. Oh, that's right. <laughs> I should be driving and not falling asleep. Great idea. So, I mean, I guess we can go into the theory. Um, is he Plagueis? Darth um, Plagueis the Wise. Yeah. I mean, he doesn't look like a moon, you know? Oh, what a, I'm just trying to think of it. I saw something the other day, and it was... By the other day, I mean, like, six months ago. There was something on the internet, and there was some, like, local news station that was like, <laughs> have any cool news stories that we haven't heard about? Like, tweet us. And someone was like, have you ever heard the tragedy of Darth Plagueis the Wise? And they're like, no, continue. And he's like, I thought not. It's not a story that Jedi would tell. <laughs> solid solid tweet trolling, whoever that was. That's a good way to do it. Yeah, so Darth Plagueis the Wise, famous for cheating death, except not really quite enough, because Palpatine killed him, but creating anakin skywalker apparently mm, the theories are to be believed yeah which apparently according to this guy they are <laughs> yeah 
so could play just be a moon like i don't know i don't know his face doesn't quite match up wait like, a moon um yeah that was the species that darth, darth plagius was m-u-u-n oh this is this is all news to me is that just yeah. a dude no he's not just a dude so but, but like I thought the Sith were racist or is that just the empire no the empire is racist so um, oh wait, well what, yeah, i guess there's darth maul so good point yeah i guess the empire became racist later that's kind of weird um <laughs> that might be a retcon oops we've only cast white people <laughs> <laughs> no because that's a whole part of like admiral thrawn's uh, character is that he like had to struggle to rise up through the ranks because they're like this alien guy keeps winning all the battles but we don't like it so like he had to struggle and become super competent to get where he was yeah again do you know what a retcon is or how we've been over this okay sure that's the extended universe great but um so i mean snoke is clearly disfigured like he was probably something probably looked better at one point before some sort of I'm imagining getting thrown into something volatile by Luke. It looks like fire and or acid. Yeah. Because he ain't got no hair. Yeah, so he got all... Luke definitely did some damage to him. Um, I mean, you're assuming Luke, but that's fair. I think it's interesting to note that uh, Leia and Han definitely know who he is. Hey, really? Yeah, because when they're talking, like, I saw our son, and then it's like, no, nah, he's good. Snoke did this to him. Okay, yeah, so... Well, I mean, he is the supreme sort of leader of the... <laughs> yeah, and I guess she's part folks, of the resistance so... against him, so you'd think she would be aware of who he is, but... Throwing that out there. You know, if you're, like, going to be a secret, why would your hologram be that big? <laughs> I don't know, that sounds like a Jaden Smith tweet. <laughs> okay i'll take that as a compliment um, um so we? here's a theory i don't understand um he's one of the inquisitors from star wars rebels that's fucking stupid um he's darth bane well hmm who that so darth bane is a sort of star wars like republic era pre thousand year old sith like the old republic style yeah so he's like an ancient sith lord when they were like a whole you know just civilization of sith um okay so he he devised the rule of two so he was the one that brought that to the end and said there's only going to be two um which i guess the sith are always kind of like yeah that's a rule and we sort of follow rules and stuff it's a really dumb rule because there's like hundreds of jedi or whatever as powerful yeah. as you are, it seems like more of you would be better? Especially since you seem dead set on killing each other. I know, and that's, uh, yeah, that's also problematic. It's like, there can only be two, and they've got to be constantly scheming against one another. But I guess that makes them stronger. Um, yeah, fair enough, I suppose. And then I guess the other theory I've got in front of me is just that he's an entirely new character. but And that probably makes the most sense that he's some sort of yeah i mean i feel like if he was darth plagueis i guess i wouldn't be mad 
But it would also be like, why? What what would be the point? Oh, wow. Here, now I've got one that's got some interesting stuff here. Snoke is Boba Fett. He falls into the Sarlacc. Interesting. And then... I know, I guess becomes Force-sensitive from being tortured to death by the Sarlacc. Mm. Yeah, I don't quite like that. Oh man, this one's all dumb ones. Snoke is Darth Vader. Okay, he's all blown up, so we'll move on. <laughs> it's, it's, it's not blown up. He got burned to death. Or yeah. not burned to death, but cremated. Snoke is Palpatine's son. See, that's possible. That, you know, actually, that I could I could see them working that into it without being totally super cheesy, because then he'd have, you know, motive, you know? Yeah. And you could explain his force sensitivity. And they could be like, look, we wanted to show you the scene where you made a baby, but we decided not to for obvious reasons. <laughs> yeah, we'll leave that to the slash fake enthusiasts to do yeah. the Palpatine love scene. Good Christ. Oh. All right, now I need to see if that exists. <laughs> Now witness the power of my armed and fully operational boner. <laughs> Alright. Legit, I, I haven't clicked on it yet. My shaved and fully shiny bull sack. <laughs> the first, I typed in Palpatine sex in yeah. Google, and the first result is Star Wars Palpatine sex scene, sex scene on YouTube. You best believe I'm clicking on it. Oh lord. The following footage has never been seen by the general public. It is a scene that was originally intended for the theatrical release of Star Wars Episode 3. Cool. <laughs> because of its controversial content, it was cut from the film to avoid an R rating. Wow. <laughs> Fearful of piracy, director George Lucas ordered that the omitted footage be destroyed. <laughs> and this would be All your right. introduction to the character, because he's not in the rest of the movie, so... Oh, Palpatine. Yeah. <laughs> okay so it's just a scene where um you know uh after anakin kills uh, mace windu yeah and then gets named darth vader it's like that scene but at some point it just slows down gets set to like smooth romantic music mm. wait let me see okay. if i can uh So you get the idea. Yeah, I think I think I do. That's uh, <laughs> sounds like great viewing for the rest of us. We'll we'll make sure to check that out later. I'm just happy someone got there before us. Here's one that's interesting, but it doesn't make any sense. Snoke is really a Jedi in disguise. I mean, real deep cover there. Yeah, man. It's just like I ordered you to destroy this entire planet. Um also turned the main probably one of the better jedis i imagine evil you could just start out by not doing that and it seems like you could do more good <laughs> and there aren't so. any other bad guys so like oh lord yeah so i think that the idea that he's just a completely new character is far and away the best theory <laughs> it's the most compelling at this point by far <laughs> uh but we're not all the way through this, and the, these guys already tried. He's Boba Fett, so like, 
okay, he's a former Sith apprentice. Yeah, maybe. I mean, he certainly is old enough to be in the original trilogy, you would think. Possibly even the prequels, so... I feel like it's mentioned maybe in, like, the book or something that he's been around and that he's, like, seen all of the events that have happened in the Star Wars films. Even from episode one? I don't know. At least from A New Hope, I think. Oh, well, that's... Yeah, again. I don't know, what is that, like, ten years? Plus 30, 40? That's totally reasonable. He looks like he's, you know, 50 or 60. That makes sense. So we already touched Snoke as Darth Bane. Here's Snoke as Kylo Ren from the future. <laughs> oh my god. These are all terrible. Training himself to become evil? Yeah, these are all really bad. Yep, there's been no time travel in Star Wars, so we're just going to skip that one because I don't think they want to go there. You know, too, completely to go off topic here. Yeah. You know, really fun fact I learned the other day? Do you know what? who the director of the next Thor movie is? Huh? Taiki Watiti. Yeah, right? From What We Do in the Shadows and all the other New Zealand stuff. Yeah, I was so stoked about when I found that out. I was <laughs> I, had, I was really happy with him. Like, he's going to... Read, I read an AMA with him on Reddit, and one of the, one of the people asked, like, uh, what, what are you going to do to make sure that this fits with the other Marvel movies? And he was like, nothing. <laughs> this movie's weird as shit. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Yeah. That dude needs to do whatever he wants. I am now excited to see that movie. I mean, you weren't before. Did you see the whole thing with, like, Thor and Daryl? You know, I didn't watch that. Oh, uh, it's should. super cute. And also, it's done by Taiki Watiti, so it's got that sort of, like... Oh, yeah, apparently that was his idea. <laughs> really. Oh, dude, it's it's so good. <laughs> yeah, I, are there trailers out for that movie? I should probably um, that no, not yet. That's uh, they're holding actually. I think they might be still be filming. I think they just wrapped, but I think it's uh, that would kind of make sense. Yeah, I mean he's he's the right person to give like a zillion dollars to because like he can clearly make an amazing movie. It's a weird choice for a superhero movie, but, like, pro like hats off to Marvel for... And apparently that was kind of their thing with the uh, Marvel Universe, is they were very willing to just give movies to directors and let them do their thing with it. Except for Edgar Wright and Ant-Man, I guess. <laughs> oh, yeah? he's like, Was he unhappy with it? Um, yeah, he left the movie, and it got uh, finished by another guy, because they, like, too many differences with the studio or whatever. Hmm. I mean, I think they have a certain amount of, like, you need to do this because it needs to fit with the other movies, but... Okay. Yeah, the scene where Ant-Man goes subatomic, man, that was some 2001 shit right there. I have not seen Ant-Man. Oh, well, if, you, if you're going to skip it, which you shouldn't because it was sweet, um, just watch the scene where he goes subatomic. <laughs> okay. I just, like... I remember talking to someone about... I think I was going to see Marvel Civil War, and I was mm -hmm. like, yeah, but I haven't seen Ant-Man, so I'm worried that I won't get it obviously joking and they're like no it's all right <laughs> it's like yeah i get it <laughs> i really wasn't concerned that the plot of ant-man because he just shows up <laughs> they just like literally pop him out like and here's ant-man <laughs> do some stuff now done yeah dude paul rudd is the best it's true i mean that movie was really like avengers 2.5 yeah now it works <laughs> we fixed all the bugs 
<laughs> I don't know. I had Spider Man. That was pretty cool. Oh yeah, he was so charming. Everything. I don't know. That was like it was so slickly executed. Did you ever see any of the uh, other Spider Man movies starring you? I saw the second one. Amazing Spider Man Two. Yeah, Spider-Man's which Revenge. parts of it were very charming. <laughs> yeah. Like, Jamie Foxx's character was kind of not well handled. It wasn't his fault, because clearly he's, like, one of the most talented humans in the world. But... I just think it's funny that that movie did so poorly. Sony's like, all right, fine, Marvel. You can have Spider-Man 2. God, go ahead. Go ahead, just take him. We obviously don't know what to do with him. Maybe that'll eventually happen with the X-Men as well. Yeah, I don't know. Did you see the last X-Men movie? Sure didn't. Yeah, uh, Jennifer Lawrence gives the inspiring, like, now it's our time to do the inspiring speech speech at the end and does not cut the mustard at all. Yeah, I fucking... God, I don't know what it is with movies where, like... This is a serious problem I have with movies today where, like, everything needs to be a cataclysmic world-ending event for them to assign any significance to it. And it's like, guys, if... There are other ways to assign weight to events in movies. And that's why I love movies from, like, the 80s. Is because it's always, like, some, like, real minor shit. <laughs> like, like, I know I said we wouldn't talk about this, but I was watching Point Break the other day. Okay. And, like, there's some bank robbers. And they're, like, I, I don't know exactly how much money they're making off with. But it's not much. It's, like, I don't know, maybe, like, 50 grand a robbery or something. Sure, it's a bunch of money, but, like. It's not going to end the world. But that, like, that is enough to, like, drive a movie, you know? And it totally yeah. works. It's not like <laughs> they need to be exploding the entire, like, Federal Reserve or fucking whatever. But at some point, people forgot that or, like, got caught up in some weird non-existent movie arms race. And it drives me fucking bananas because it's so fucking unnecessary. And... I don't know, Grisha. There's just a class of movies from the 80s, like this sort of action comedy genre that is just... Yeah, like Quest for Fire. The stakes are low. <laughs> like, you just want some fire, bro. You know, the world's know, not like, ending. Uh, have you seen Beverly Hills Cop? Yeah. Yeah, like that shit. Like, why, why, why can't we get movies like that anymore, Grisha? That was when, like, they were still so excited about the man on the hood of the car shot. They're like, it's an action movie. Time for him hanging on the hood of a moving car. Uh, there were simpler times, Grisha. Where that was just thrilling. Like, that was just like, oh my god, how is he not falling off? I don't think uh, I would be able to hang onto the hood of a car in that situation. Especially if they, like, turned left and then right. Like, that'd probably be it for me. I don't know. I mean, if it's got a hood scoop, that's easy peasy. But that's because most cars don't have hood scoops. Yeah, you just tuck your tuck your dick in the hood scoop and anchored. <laughs> Not what my I, dick, Grisha. It's tiny. What I have done is uh, jump and slide across the hood of my car like I'm an action hero, like trying to go somewhere. <laughs> yeah, have you dented your car hood yet? <laughs> no. Um, the first time I came in a little high, like banged my hip a little, but it was fine. Like I still felt cool. But the second time, I was just like, <laughs> like slid right across it because, like, that's the kind of stuntman that like most Hollywood stars don't even need a stuntman for, you know. <laughs> yeah, and let me tell you, it felt it felt as good as it looks. I don't remember what movie it's in, but there's some movie where this like, it's like a buddy cop movie, and some guy does that, and it's like one guy's like, "Don't do that." And he's like, "Why?" Because it's unprofessional. It's like, 
No, because your gun holes will scratch the hood of the car. It was just like this giant scratch on it. Oh, man. I'm pretty sure it was Eddie Murphy and Robert De Niro. And I'm pretty sure, like, Eddie Murphy had just, like, jumped across the hood of his car and, like, scratched his, like... I definitely saw this buddy cop movie. What movie was that? I'm going to the internet, Grisha. It was not a great movie. I mean, that, that scene was funny. Showtime. Three stars on IMDb. <laughs> as, 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 as cop movies go, it's not as good as either of the Bad Boys films. Yeah, I, uh, I feel like this is a movie I watched in eighth grade when I had nothing to do on the weekends but go to movies. <laughs> hey, but it's got most deaf as Lazy Boy, so... So what are we waiting for? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I don't know. What, what were we talking about? Star Wars? So we were talking about, yeah, who Snoke is. Do you have any theories? Because... Nope. There's pretty much just, like, the Plagueis related to the Emperor slash other dude. I'm not sure. I, I feel like maybe internet I, I feel like everyone just wants to have a theory and it's like it, it maybe is necessary it's not like a recent thing do you know did people do that before the internet i mean i suppose they did but like in this like to this depth where like everyone is like it's gotta be some like backwards sequel sequel secret triple threat i imagine people yeah people did have these theories but there was no like you couldn't there's no sounding board to bounce them off against where someone was like here's why this is wrong and wrong this is wrong. It was just like maybe your one other friend in town that wanted to talk about it. So like, and then that pro- friend probably stopped talking to you because he yeah. <laughs> so without the internet, there's no way for like these to get as advanced as they do because people can sort of like check them against each other, and sort of refine them. Which is why I think like they, you know, tried to sort of set up a lot of questions in that first Star Wars movie that they didn't want to answer in any way because they knew how rabid the internet was at trying to figure out everything that was going on yeah i mean they like teased uh ray's mysterious origins but didn't give us nearly enough to go on yeah (laughs) you know pissing in the wind with that one i'm starting to like the obi-wan's daughter theory oh wait the timeline doesn't match up that's right Yeah. I mean, unless a force ghost can impregnate someone. Force impregnate someone. I mean... That's not PC. (laughs) That would be a shitty twist. (laughs) So, what I'm thinking is probably not most of them, but maybe Yoda can do that. Like, Obi-Wan can't do it, but Yoda can probably force impregnate someone. So, here's a question. Do you think that there's still force ghosts hanging out? Like, do you think Luke's still talking to Obi-Wan and Yoda and his dad and... Qui-Gon? I imagine it takes them great effort to appear at moments of uh, powerful importance. That's what I've always sort of took from the film, that they were channeling all their force power into being at this specific moment to like give whatever information they could give at that point that was poignant to make things happen right. That's why they're at that big party at the end of Return of the Jedi. Because that's for a moment they're like, alright Luke, you know, take, take the edge off for a second because you're going to have to start a whole Jedi temple and it's not going to go well. And, and also that sad. Ewok over there is eyeing you. Yeah, he's all like, yep, yep. 
Each up, yep, nup. Each up, yep, nup. Each up, tokeni. The original uh, song, not in the second uh, version of the film, which has an inferior Ewok song. Yeah, you know people bitch about the recuts of the Star Wars movies, and with good reason, because uh, New Hope is fucking butchered. But, like, I don't know if we've talked about this on the podcast before, but, like, Empire Strikes Back actually has some legitimate good, like, they made some good changes, real subtle changes. Yeah. Like, there's windows in Cloud City. That seems important. Yeah, I mean, like, you, you wouldn't, because it's, well, I mean, this is by standard, is that if you watch the movie and you don't notice it, as someone who's seen both versions a bunch of times, and, I, well, mo- mostly the original version, actually, but if I watch the recut version, like, I don't notice. I'm just like, oh, yeah, that, that looks right. You know, that's pretty cool. Do they edit out Carrie Fisher's coke nail? Her what now? <laughs> Her coke nail? Because apparently, apparently there's a couple scenes um... of Star Wars where you can see a big old cocaine pinky. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. I don't know. I'll say yes. <laughs> you would hope that they did, because... Oh, you know what? I think, like, the most important thing about that recut that I like is they added in a line, you know at the very end where like uh, Leia and Lando are escaping and then R2 tries to plug into that thing and like electrocutes yeah. himself? Um, and I like never fucking understood what was happening. It was just like, oh, he, he plugged into this one and now he's dead. Yeah. And then they like added in that like, they just like dubbed over C-3PO like, that's what happens when you plug into a power socket. <laughs> Which A, like you'd think R2 would know. Yeah, better than C-3PO. He doesn't even have a plug that we've seen. <laughs> yeah, let's let's hope that stays that way. Yeah, he was in the new movie the exact right amount. Yep, <laughs> and in the exact right way. That was really well handled. <laughs> yeah, it really. I was. guess you have some questions about my red arm. We'll, no, we'll get to we that don't. later. <laughs> Shut up! Get out of the way. <laughs> you lost your arm. Like we get it. Yeah. Do they not have some like gold spray paint? Nope, Sasha, that's, um, gold spray paint was, you know, just ended by Snoke, whoever he was. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cool. Not a fan of glitter. All right, is it time to talk Animorphs or what? Is it? No, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but it will be soon. <laughs> I am not prepared, and I need, and I, I, I really feel like to do this justice, <laughs> we would have to prepare by watching um the the failed pilot of animorphs again didn't they make a whole show out of it i'm pretty sure i we only saw the pilot i can't imagine that they let them make any more of that because it was it was really bad i feel like you are gonna number of episodes 26 <laughs> oh no <laughs> yeah dude two seasons oh no i don't want to watch that much sasha <laughs> I don't want to watch that much Animorphs, but I'm going to have to now. Speaking of things from our childhood, did you see the preview for the new uh, Power Rangers movie? No, but I've heard it like looks good. I will say this. Uh, they didn't color code them by race, so there's that. Smart move, guys. Uh, that was an update that you couldn't you couldn't have left that part in, because it was <laughs> yeah. pretty egregious back in the day. <laughs> Yellow Chinese Ranger. Yep, and the Black Black Ranger. Um... I mean, that was all they did. Other than the Pink Ranger being a woman, but but still, that was enough because there's only five of them. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was. Uh... Well, I also I also feel like, and actually, let me check on this. But I feel like the Red Ranger may have been Native American in the show, at least, or maybe part Native American. 
I feel like the actor was. Hmm. I will double check this because... Here's the question. Do you think there'll ever be a Power Rangers Quest for Fire crossover? God. What would that even... <laughs> and then they just get stepped on by the Megazord. <laughs> I don't know. Hmm. God damn it. Hmm. Jason Lee Scott. Man, you know it's bad when you click on this actor's name and it's like, he's best remembered as the original Red Ranger. It's like, ooh. Ooh. Sorry, man. <laughs> Someone gambled away their Power Rangers money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. What? There's like, a, I, I guess this is, I don't know, there's like a sidebar in the Wikipedia thing and mm -hmm. there's a status and it says presumably active. <laughs> wow. I don't really know what that means. It's, no, they haven't confirmed that oh, he's wait. dead yet. I'm sorry, this is the... Oh, that's the character page. I was looking for the actor page. Wait, oh. what What the fuck does that even mean? Wait, is there a page for characters on IMDb? So, like, there's a page that's like, Rocky! <laughs> it's been in six movies. He seems to get buffered through all of them, even as he gets older. Yeah, I guess so. I don't know what the... F I just don't even know why that would be separate from the Red Ranger page, but... Mm. Oh, he's an emergency medical technician. Uh, he's the... still known for his role as that. Okay. Can you imagine if, like, one of the Power Rangers just like pulled a hamstring? You know, how come that never happens? Like doing, you know, high kung fu kicks. They're just like, oh no. I don't know, but the actor who played the Red Ranger is the author of the book Karate Warrior: colon, A Beginner's Guide to Martial Arts. I bet it has some helpful tips. So I guess he's not Native American. I made that up, but that would have been nice. Yeah. My question was, why didn't they just start with assembling the Megazord? Like, don't get in your individual things and assemble the Megazord right away. Don't even Kung Fu fight anyone. <laughs> just go straight to the Megazord. Because that was always the solution. <laughs> yeah, but they totally fucking pulled that shit in Pacific Rim, don't you remember? Did where they, they were just like they were like fighting people and at some point it's just like oh wait let me bust out this sword and just like chop this motherfucker in half like it ain't no thing yeah start so exactly the same thing like so don't even kung fu fight like all the putties just get right in the mega sword stomp on the putties hit like s maybe smack the dude with the sword before like they throw that bomb that makes him grow maybe you catch the bomb that makes him grow and become like a mega mega sword and then just like <laughs> step over like the entire kilometer where the bad guy is Grisha it's a little thing called dramatic tension yeah or bad planning <laughs> it's true it's true you raise a valid point <laughs> you know and you, then you've got the green ranger like where does he come in I actually like the green ranger because like, I feel like he's a weirdly appropriate analogy in a lot of cases you know okay maybe he was the one that was native american i don't know i feel like and i can't think of any offhand which is really torpedoing my case yeah also but, you know there's a thing where like there's a five people and they combine to form one megazord but then the yeah. green ranger just like has his own megazord and he's his own thing 
That was pretty fly. So, I mean, he's basically, like, you could call the Power Rangers or just him. You're going to end up with the same size robot. Here's what I'm Yeah, wondering. I don't know. Why did he get a fucking giant Megazord to begin with? That seems unfair. I don't know. I feel like the first time he's introduced, they fight, but I wouldn't quote me on that. Yeah, well, he's kind of like a, you know, not, maybe a bit of a wild card. A bit of a lone ranger, if you will. I'm not sure why I raised my eyebrows at that, but... You know what? Here's here's something I don't get. So basically every episode of that show ends with, like, the two bully characters who sort of kind of work for the bad guys, I think. I feel like at times they're yeah. crafted into service. But every single episode ends with them getting their comeuppance, like, in front of the entire school. Like, how do these guys get to keep being the bullies when they're, like, being constantly humiliated? in a sort of justified way where they like set themselves up to like they they try to be jerks and then they get humiliated in a way where you don't even feel sad for them you're just like this is justice grisha they've got leather jackets on that's true case closed case closed (laughs) all right well i have no more questions there your honor (laughs) i need to use the bathroom time for one of their patented tm token morning bathroom breaks all right we shall have one. I shall have make a drink in a bathroom break. We are back here with Toga in the Morning. I am your co-host, Sasha Kramer. And I'm your co-host, Grisha Kramer. And boy, do we have some news for you guys. We have a scoop. You remember last week, one of our sponsors was the hit TV show, Street Pug DA, Attorney at Law. And uh, yeah, they're apparently so impressed with the writing, um, the darkness, the, the sweet improvised comedy stylings of our podcast that decided to give us exclusive scenes from the upcoming show, Street Pug DA. All right, we'll take you now to Street Pug DA, Attorney at Law. Let the Honorable Court come to order. My, my name is the Honorable Judge Albert Allowett, um, but I, you can call me Al, so I'll go by Al Allowett for short. Woof. Uh, thank you for being an attendant, Street Pug DA. Um, will the accused please stand? Yes, I am standing Okay, so, um, accuser, can you remind us what you're accused of? (laughs) Yes, I would be happy to. You see, I am accused of baking the town's children into an enormous pie. Okay, and you did not do this for the purposes of performance art, did you? You did those for sort of nefarious purposes, because if it was art, we would respect that in this town. Ah, yes, you see, I am indeed an artist, but I will not admit to it. That was a nice try, Judge. I would not (laughs) fall for that so easily. Damn, Street Pug DA, this guy knows his legal jargon. Like, how are we going to get him on the stand? Do you think we can get him to testify? Woof. Street Pug BA, that's a nasty joke you just told. It's not relevant to court or what I just said. So let me ask the question again, Street Pug. Like, what are we going to pin on this guy? Woof, 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 woof
You're saying he, he left blood and semen all over the handles of the pie-making device that he used. Woof. Well, um, that seems like a bad move for a criminal. Um, I agree. That seems like a very poor choice that a criminal would make. <laughs> Ice-T and Street Punk, even as a team, I do not think you could get me to crack under pressure. <clears throat> oh, man. Um, well, we... Look, look Street Punk, we, we have his semen everywhere. And, uh... I don't, I don't know why, where Ice-T is suddenly from the south, but... Let me correct you. My semen was not quite everywhere. There was one place it was purposely not. I mean, allegedly. Oh, man. Street pug. Nail him on that. Yes, well, I can see your concern. I... <laughs> <coughs> Objection! Coughing, Your Honor. Allow the man to continue. I was not actually at the crime scene, and I have never been at a crime scene, unless, of course, you consider the Earth itself to be a crime scene per perpetrated by humanity, the greatest criminal of all. Oh, man. As the Honorable Judge, I was not expecting, you know, the accused to put all of us on trial. But perhaps all of us must think that way, that maybe we're on trial. Maybe he's not on trial. Perhaps the system is on trial. Um, your thoughts, Street Pug? Woof, woof. Yes, the whole world is a courtroom, and all the people in it merely lawyers and accused. Um, wait a second. Uh, Honorable Judge, I'll allow it, Street Pug DA. I don't know if you checked lately, but you're just getting the law wrong there. Let's reel that in. <laughs> Sustained, Street Pug. Um, well spoken. You really made sense out of your partner's words right there, Street Pug DA. Because he didn't make any sense. Woof, 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 woof. I've told my wife that every night for 20 years, and that's why we're still married. Uh, you see, but your judge, your marriage is a sham. You see, what you are truly wedded to is the false idea of justice. But there cannot be any justice in this world where a pug can be a district attorney. This makes barely any sense even as a concept. And yet here he is with a cute pink sweater. And still, <laughs> you, you, he does not obey by the rules of dress. Even my slapdash defense attorney provided to me overworked and undersexed has a suit on. Objection, Your Honor. Uh, Street Pugs DA's pink sweater is not cute. It is very flat. Oh, sustained. Woof. Woof, 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 woof. Damn, Street Tug Pug DA, you may, might be the best lawyer I ever met. I'll allow it. Yes, thank you for also stating your name again, Judge. I had clearly forgotten. No, I was I was actually saying that. I say it a lot too. Um, I meant I meant the the yeah Street Pugs DA. Uh, I, I take his case. Um, your semen was everywhere. Um, 
all over the crime scene and it, it seems like you've got no way out of this um so why did you return to the crime scene and cover the pies that we had already recovered in the evidence locker with semen because you know you were on camera there objection what is a camera and if I was on camera, was I not merely acting? And if indeed I was acting, do I not deserve an Academy Award? And if by deserving an Academy Award I have truly won, then can you say I was guilty? For would you accuse George Clooney of this crime? I think not. Well, I heard Street Pug DA told me in the backyard, we're going to nail this guy to the wall. And he might not get an Academy Award, but we're going to send him to the Academy Perv Ward, which is where you belong. Okay, just this one time, I will admit that Street Punk DA has made a pretty good burn on me. I'll give you that one, Street Punk. Woof. Um, Street Punk DA, please um, refer for burning him that hard in court. <laughs> yes, please. There are children present. Yes, Street Pug DA, we don't have enough ointment um, to cover up that burn, so keep keep those, you know, in your in your uh, cute little sweater pants. Woof 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 bark woof woof bark off. Damn, Street Pug, that's nasty. Yes, Street Pug, I'm not sure we needed an explanation of what you did to your multiple girlfriends last night. I feel that is outside the bounds of this courtroom, but since I am the accused, I feel like maybe I should just let you continue. Well, as the, the honorable judge here, you know, this should be a mistrial at this point, but because because I'm pitching a special teepee in my robes, I'm going to go ahead and say I'll allow it. <laughs> woof, woof. Ah, uh, yes, you see, that is a crucial part of my defense, because... In truth, if you look at my resume, you will find that I have never once made a pie. In fact, I have only made films. And although some of these films were baked with flour and strawberries, I do believe that they still count as documentaries and insights into the human and pug condition. Damn, Street Pug, I like... I feel like this guy's got us... In, in, in a quandary here I, he might have just been doing performance art when he, he made pies out of all those children and then jizzed all over the pie crank and handled um, mm. well I, I, I know we've all jizzed on a pie crank handle in our time street pug DA but what this man did is inexcusable woof 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 so what I hear is you're accusing me of being a pale imitation of iced tea that turned into a southern man? You're right. I break it down. I could have gotten away with it, but I'm guilty. Werner Herzog did nothing. I just on the pies and I made all the pies into children. Yes, but in truth, I did film it and I did ask him to do it, but I believe since he has confessed that double indemnity applies and that I can no longer be judged for the same crime as him. That's true. Once it's performance up, as my name states, I'll allow it. 
Oh shit. I'm the real last T. Damn straight pug DA. That case got wild. Yes, that is true. It got quite wild. And we even got that fake iced tea from Georgia to be the patsy for my crime. I mean, his crime. Yeah. I hope we don't meet again, Street Pug DA. Or do I? Alright, so Vanner, Street Pug DA, we doing the cocaine from the evidence locker or what? Oh yes, I love cocaine. I feel it is the only way that you can really experience the infinite. That is without baking children into pies. That is maybe the like second way to experience the infinite. I mean, how else does anyone come up with business ideas? Street pug, I think that is too much cocaine. Even that that line is as long as your whole tiny body. Woof, 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 motherfucker. (laughs) Damn, street pug. Well, you, I, I know you don't take this the wrong way, but you a crazy son of a bitch. I stand corrected. You snorted that like a true champ street pug. I have been, I have misjudged you. Arf, 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 arf. Damn, that's a good idea for a business. So it appears this case is solved. Hey guys, do you maybe want to form a crime fighting team? I feel like we could be good partners. Yeah, partners. Like, solving crimes together is the trio. Woof. Ah, yes, I can see you nodding, Street Pug. That's a good indication of your ascent. I mean, between, like, our teamwork and all the cocaine we stole from the evidence locker, there's no crime we can't solve. While we stay up over the next two days. Woof, 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 woof. Ah, yes, Street Pug, as you say, Vegas, baby, yeah. Arf, 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 arf. <laughs> All right, well, that was fascinating. I'm glad we got a look into that hit TV show, and you can tell why it's taking the nation by storm. Yeah, um, the the titular Street Pug DA. I don't know what's going on with Ice T. Uh, he's apparently been living in Texas for a while, but yeah, there was a complicated plot there where there was a fake Ice T. I'm not sure if you caught that. Yeah, but I mean, then he's the real Ice T credits as Sweet T, so I guess that kind of makes sense. And the real Ice T had been kidnapped by him and him and gotten Stockholm syndrome, so he sounded a lot like him. <laughs> I'm not gonna have all his explanations. Hey Bjork, are you still awake over there? No, that was fascinating. You know, it would be great if I could be a part of the crime fighting team. You know, because we could fight crimes together and I could create whole crimes with my nanobots for us to solve. And 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 I could take us to other dimensions if we need to solve crimes there or in fantasy universes. You know, Bjork, I think that's a fantastic idea, but we here at Toga in the Morning do not, you know, decide what happens in the Street Pug DA TV show. This is just, we got that clip from straight from CBS and truth be told, I'm not even sure we were supposed to play it, but we did, so free publicity for them. Well, I am currently sending my nanobots into the into the branch of NBC executives and like 
and they will infect our planes and control them. So prepare for pretty much full rights. Sure, you do realize that it's CBS doing the show. Oh, well, let me extract another bunch. So many TBS executives are dead now, but uh, I will soon gain control of CBS. Oh, and that's why we love you, Bjork. I pulled a hard reset. I could have kept them alive, but I'm in a hurry here. I mean, I don't really mind. It's totally fine with me. Well, all right. Um, yeah, that was powerful. I didn't know that Bjork uh, had, you know, wanted to be on TV, but, you know, I guess when you got a bunch of albums out and you're helping uh, lizard people take over the world, you know, why not get on TV? Yeah, you know, you would think being on the radio would be enough, but some people just have that lust for power. Yes, neither of you do, and I'll keep it that way. I don't know what that means. All I know is I feel a dull sensation in my brainstem. Yep, I'm feeling it too. Um, I feel like that means it's time to bring Toga in the Morning to a close here. We'll catch you on that flip side. I've been Sasha Kramer. And I'm Bjork. And I'm Grisha Kramer. See you next time. Woof woof. <laughs>